Welcome in. It is the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast back again after Thanksgiving break. Uh, Luke Blaine right here right now, executive sports editor of the Daily Athenaeum. Right here alongside me is not Tanner right now. You get a little break from him. It is Rachel Leibert, the assistant sports editor over at the DA. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm great, Luke. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Great to finally have you on. I know. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. We have a good one lined up today because we are not doing a regular MSI at this moment. We have Molly McGinn from the WVU Rifle Team here with us today. Going to ask her some questions and pick her brain for a little bit. So, Molly, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, doing just fine. So, yeah, want to thank you again for stopping by and, you know, taking some time out of you know, we got finals coming up. I know that that's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to be fun. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll just start us off. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, just kind of who is Molly McGinn for those who listen to the Mountaineer Sports Insider. Um, so I am from Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm not from here. Uh, it's about a 12 hour drive. So um, I've been shooting for, I think, over 10 years. I started when I was 11 years old. Um, and I kind of found that out through my church friends because I was home, I, I was homeschooled and, um, I didn't really have much to do. I never played any o- other sports growing up. Um, so I always enjoyed like shooting guns in the backyard with, with my brother and my dad. Um, and it looked really fun and lu- uh, luckily I was, um, I lived 10 minutes away from my local range and, I'm really blessed to have that because I could go really whenever I wanted to, um, and my mom would take me. <coughs> and I found out that uh, you you can go to the Olympics with it and also get a scholarship. So like once I found that out, it was my goal to get on a college team and shoot high enough to make a very a, a very good team. Um, so yeah, that's that's who I am and. Luckily, like West Virginia was my dream school growing up, and um, I think when I was 17, maybe even 16, like I made it my goal to come here. Um, so I'm I'm really happy. Yeah. So West Virginia being your dream school is that like a now I I I'm not too familiar with how rifle works prior to college, you know, and we maybe talk about that, but like rifle we know is probably the most successful or well, definitely the most successful sports program WVU has so is that like something like growing up like being a rifle shooter like in your younger years I mean you said 11 right when yeah. you started shooting yeah. is that like the team you look at like that's the team that everybody dreams of oh, being yeah. a part of yeah I oh my goodness like I I remember like I was young and I watched Jenny Thrasher win the gold medal and Rio and I think I was like 14 or 15 when she did that and I saw that on TV and I saw her with her like a WVU shooting suit and I was like I really want to have that a one day um and yeah like I I would see I would go to nationals um USA shooting nationals so like that that was open to anyone to go to and I would see the athletes there that went to the different colleges and I always looked at WVU as like someone or like something different or like something greater than the other schools um, just because how they acted, how they carried themselves. Like I wanted to be a part of that. Um, so, yeah, like growing up and seeing that at different matches um, at Winter Air Gun, that's actually a match I'm about to go to this week. Um, that's a yearly thing that's in Colorado. 
I would go there and compete with the different college shooters as just a junior, um, and I would just kind of see how they acted, and I really liked that. Yeah. So how much of this sport is just, like, the way you carry yourself and, you know, the way you, like, prepare and, you know, because you're going in day in and day out, and it's really just kind of you, you know, out there, kind of, you just have to do, focus on your own performance. So how much of that is, I mean, how do you prepare like that, you know, if that makes sense? So shooting is very mental. It's yeah. a very mental sport, and it is really just you on on the line. Um, you are a part of a team, and your score does count towards your team score. But in the end, like, your teammates aren't going to help you during the match to shoot as good as you can. So it's very much of an individual sport, but also I think the atmosphere that we have on the range is very focused on just how to get better, like how to work efficiently and smart and also work hard um, to get the scores that we want and to maintain those scores too. And it's very focused. It, it's very much, um, you know, we walk into the range every day and we support, e you know, each other. Um, we ask questions if we do, like if the coaches aren't there, we'll pick each other's brains to see like maybe what could work better because you know, shooting is very mental, but also it is a technical sport. It's very, um, it's very, what's the word, um, equipment heavy. So mm -hmm. like the guns that we use, the suits, um, the ammo, everything counts. You know, when it's so, when the margin of error is very small um, and our targets are very, very small. So like any little movement or change can make a 10 to a 9. Um so yeah, I think the ap the atmosphere that we've built in the range is very focused. It's very focused on ourselves and getting better. Uh, we sometimes practice like mindfulness training, and what that is is we just spend like five five minutes to ourselves, like in our chair behind behind the line, and we just breathe and like focus on our breath. And I credit that to our performance consultant Raymond Pryor. He has helped us tremendously on the mental side of shooting, and he just really helps us focus on how can we make our shooting as best as we can and how to get better. Um, so, yeah, like it's not, you know, we don't act goofy, like we're very much focused on what we want to do and get things done, but also outside of the range, like we spend time with each other, like we are friends. I can say honestly, like I'm like my like my closest friends here are my teammates, um, and it's not forced. It's basically like we're much uh, alike in a lot of ways, um, so we enjoy spending time. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really interesting about like training mindfulness because I know as somebody who played sports, like I would I would <laughs> I was a little bit of a head case whenever I played believe it or not but <laughs> but I, I would think it's almost harder to kind of keep your mental state intact in a sport where you are fully in control of what you're doing right would yes. you say that that's fair like yes. yeah so yeah like and I, and, and I think it's you know it takes a lot of training to kind of train your brain um, to be aware of your thoughts and when it really comes down to is like, what are you thinking when you are aiming and pulling the trigger? And that's the most important part 
of our process when we're shooting you know like we could have the best process the best setup and position and we can still shoot a nine because our brain might be somewhere else when we're aiming you know like I might be thinking of who's watching me behind me who's here at this match but you really should be focused on what you're seeing and the only thing that matters is like seeing the middle and pulling the trigger and Mm -hmm. just it's really a natural reaction and like the more you shoot the more you train like me and my teammates have shot for 10 years plus you know our brain knows what the middle look uh, uh, looks like but if you're distracted you're not going to see truly the middle um so yeah like it's like a part of my process is just um really focusing on how to set up the position the way that I want to but when the time comes my brain just goes empty when I'm aiming and pulling the trigger and I think that's helped me would you say that your mental has improved through your time being here? Like, who has helped you with that? And when you were coming into college, did you, you said that it's, you're not really supposed to have any thoughts except for, you know, seeing the target and pulling the trigger. But mm-hmm. was that something that you ever struggled with? Like, how did you come over, get over that? Um, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely struggled with that before college. I didn't really think about how important that was. Um, uh, you know, like in high school, I didn't really have, a coach. I kind of just coached myself. Um, I did have a coach starting out in club just to kind of get me, like, give me a gun and a suit and just, like, teach me the basics. Um, but, yeah, like, going into college, I didn't really think too too much of that, and I really struggled with being distracted. And at the end of the day, like, I would worry about, you know, who's there and what do my coaches think of me and, what do, like, what do my teammates think of me? And the score was a really big deal, um, which, you know, this is a very score-focused sport. You know, it's very blunt. Like, you shoot what you shoot. You, you, like, you don't have any judges. Um, so, like, it is, you know, that is a distraction. But it's just when it comes down to it, like, what can you control to make it a good shot? And, you know, I, I can control my setup. I can control my mindset. I can control my focus. And those are the things that I really um honed in on coming here and you know the people that have helped me most with that um are 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 my coaches and Raymond like I said like he he studied this for a long long time and he knows what works the best um so I think with their guidance like they reinforce that every day on the range um so that's helped me a, a, a lot Okay, so I kind of, you said that you were from Georgia. I kind of want to go back and ask you a few questions about, like, your high school experience. How are you, I know that you said West Virginia was your dream school, but kind of tell me about that recruitment process. How is, how are you recruited for rifle? Is it kind of similar to other sports? I'm not really familiar with how you're recruited, so kind of tell me how you got here. So I was homeschooled growing up, like, my whole life. My mom homeschooled my whole family, Um, so I didn't really have the typical high school experience and honestly like I'm glad I didn't because a lot of the rifle teams in high schools are just not very good and I probably would have been guided in the wrong way with the coaches that they have because they have like retired army guys and you know guys that like that shoot guns but it's nothing similar to what we do (coughs) so I'm really happy that I did have the experience that that I did at my club range because that kind of led me into the direction of like higher level of shooting 
and like in in a, in a, in a typical high school team, um, you know, that's all they do. They they shoot in high school, and then they stop. They don't really know the opportunities after high school. So, um, the recruiting process was pretty typical for Rifle. It's a very small community, um, so like everyone knows everyone basically. Um, so. I definitely, I mean, I talked to a few schools. Um, this was my plan A, but I wanted to have, a, you know, different plans just in case it, it, it didn't work out. Um, so I, you know, I started e- emailing John, like, my probably junior year of high school. Um, I, I emailed him a lot, I think, more than usual. Um, I would email him my scores, what I would be working on in training, what my goals are. Um, just to let him know that I really want this. And yeah, like, I, I mean, I went on visits my senior year of high school. And I, you know, as soon as John offered me a spot, I was like, yep, I'm taking it. So, yeah. What was your first impression of Morgantown? I know that being from Georgia, it's probably a lot different. Tell me a little bit about that. Was it like a culture shock a little bit or was it what you were expecting? I actually really liked Morgantown, and I still do. Um, I, I think it gets a bad rap <laughs> with the amount of hills and potholes and, you know, weather um, and how crammed it is. And I really I really liked it. I, I, I really like the scenery and the trees. And th- it is very different than Georgia. Um, it does have a lot more hills. Like, you know, Georgia, from where I'm from, is very flat. But I do like the snow. Um, I'm never used to the snow. It would maybe snow maybe, like, once every two years in Georgia so I really like that part of it too um I I really like the idea of it being far from my home um I you know I love my family but I also wanted to kind of get out of the house and kind of have a life of my own um (coughs) and the other schools that I was looking at were still far but I, I I think this setting was what I really wanted All right. So, uh, yeah, like you were talking about, you know, you were the one primarily reaching out to Coach Hammond. And, you know, like, is that something that, like, is pretty common, I guess, in Rifle? It's definitely more common than the opposite. So, like, Mm -hmm. I, I do believe, like, coaches will reach out first to shooters. Like, I know Matt Sanchez, like, he never really reached out to John. Um, I think, I think John reached out to him first, but he was also the the top of his class. Um, so it depends on your level. And also like if you're an international shooter, um, I, I think more than likely coaches will, will reach out to them first because I don't think they know too much about college shooting. So like if you're a good shooter, but you're from another country, I think it's very typical to have coaches kind of reach out to you first and them kind of tell them about what it's like shooting in college in the in the states so um i think it is more common though for junior shooters to reach out to coaches first um just because it's hard to know names and you know like shooting is very small so like there's matches but coaches aren't at every single match they don't know every single shooter there there is and like if there's a good if there's a good recruit somewhere um, they might not be known because they don't go to a lot of the national matches. So I think it is probably way more common 
and rifle that juniors do reach out first. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting. I just wanted to, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I know that like a lot of other high school players for other sports will send their clips or like they'll have a huddle or something like yeah. that. But I would imagine that it's a bit harder to just kind of analyze rifle, I guess, as like a coach looking for yeah. uh, competitors. Um, so did want to ask, you know, you kind of mentioned your relationship with your teammates and that you guys are like your closest friends are your teammates, you know, how was, what was that like whenever you first got here, you know, was it like, were you a bit intimidated coming in because, you know, you're coming into like probably the most, I mean, the most decorated rifle program ever, you know, <laughs> and yeah. uh, like, what, what was that like? I was definitely a freshman my <laughs> first year. Um, um, I I do think, I mean, a lot of my teammates coming in, they were kind of strangers. You know, I I knew them. Um, like, I saw their name. I would see them at matches. But I never really, like, knew, knew them. Like, I, I came in with Becca Lamb, and I actually, w- we were friends in high school because we would shoot a lot of camps and matches and we kind of were in the same boat like we wanted to come here and we ended up coming in together um but like Tal she is from Israel I've never met her didn't know what she looked like um so meeting her for the first time was a little bit different because I like okay like you're my teammate but I've never met you before um and the people that were returners here on, on the team like Jared Eddie, he was a junior when I was a freshman, but I knew him, like, I knew him the most because we were club teammates in Georgia, so I kind of follow, I, I kind of followed him here, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I, 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 I think I knew him and Becca the most, but everyone else, I, I had to get to know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, so, like, what's the, uh, in rifle, of course, you know, you mentioned that you're not, like, communicating or, I mean, I guess, like, you're not, like, talking to your teammates, right? Or, you know, so yes. you re- you really, like, it does feel like you're out there all by yourself, pretty much? Yeah, so in a typical match, you're shooting next to your teammates, um, but you typically don't talk to them. I mean, you could, but uh, it's just not very common that you just start talking, especially during a match. Um, you could come off the line, which is, like, coming off the firing point and talk to them if you want to but there's really no reason to if we do talk to uh, anyone it'll be our coaches mm-hmm. um and typically like in a in a match like you don't really have enough time to really talk a lot to your coaches because like in a swabber match you have an hour and 30 minutes um to complete it and it's more than enough time but you don't really have time to talk for a long time yeah. to your coaches unless something's kind of going wrong and you, you you don't know what to do um so yeah like i i typically don't really come off the line unless it's an actual problem yeah yeah so what what impact does chemistry with your teammates have you know because in you know, of course, settings to where it's like you're like football or basketball, you know, you are you are playing off of each other. Like the team depends on, you know, you kind of being together and on the same page. But in a in a sport where it's like rifle, does that matter as much, do you believe? Or, you know, what benefits could come from it? I think it does matter a great deal because, you know, even though you're not, you know, helping them or, you know, 
playing off of them like other sports you do like you want to know that your teammates want the best for you you know you don't want a toxic in environment um in a way that they want to always beat you and you know like maybe their mood will change if you beat them or if or, or if they beat you um so it's really important to know like when I have a very good day, my teammates are going to be happy for, for me. And when I don't have a very good day, they're still going to treat, treat me the same. And we very much, you know, we keep each other accountable, you know, for mistakes that we do or for our team a culture. But also, like, if we have a bad score or we just had a really bad day, we're not going to treat you differently. You know, you're still human. You're still our, a teammate, you know, and we understand we've also been there before. We've also had a bad day. So I think just treating each other with respect and knowing that, you know, I I trust my teammates that they're doing what they need to do to get better. You know, whether that's being in the range a long, long time and shooting a lot or being in there just the re just the required time, um, you know, because some of us, we we want to train more, but some but, uh, you know, some of us know our limits and, you know, at least for me, like I, I notice if I start to overtrain our like like my shots don't become as important as I want them to be. You know, it's like at a, at a certain point, you're just kind of throwing shots down down range and you're not focused. Um, so it's a lot of trust in each other to know that we're doing the best for ourselves. And that also comes down to like pre-match root routines um, a lot of us act differently before matches. Maybe we're really talkative. Maybe we are in a very good mood. We're hyped up. And then another teammate might be very quiet. They might be listening to music. They might be just uh, focusing on what they want to do. Um, and it's different for everyone. There's really no right or wrong. But when it comes down to it, it's like what helps you prepare the most for your match. And we also have like meetings before the season to talk about what we do, what we do prefer um, before matches and you know like maybe a, a, a teammate might say like I don't really want to talk before my matches that's just how I prepare and we understand that so we're not going to just go up and talk to them and they feel like they need to talk back um, so we kind of like understand how we work and what helps us the best mm -hmm. yeah so d I mean I know that's in the grounds of more preparation but you ever feel like there's a little bit of superstition, I guess, kind of with that? Like, do, would you say you or your teammates are a little bit superstitious in the way, like, superstitious in the way we pr like prepare sure. for our matches? Yeah, I don't think we are. Yeah, um, I, I try to not make a superstition very common. Um, like if it comes down to I need, I need to do this or that before my match to shoot good. That's an uh, that that's an absolute you know like why do you need to do this to shoot good mm -hmm. and you know like <clears throat> grow like uh, growing up I was very much a little bit superstitious um like I would have to do the same things the same stretches listen to the same music and in my mind without knowing like I thought that that's what I had to do to shoot well but when it comes down to it like we want to create a culture to know like yes do what you need to do to shoot well like eat drink water you know like the the minimum of like yeah you want to see well you don't want to be starving stuff like that but also like if you can't do those things like we can still shoot very well um and like for me like I try to create um 
not a mantra, what is it called? Um, I kind of live by, like, some, like uh, something I want to live by in shooting is, like, I can literally do anything before my match and still focus and shoot tens. You know, like, I can have two hours of sleep if I had to and still shoot tens. You know, like, being, like, nothing can stop us from shooting the, the, the best that we can. But that doesn't mean that we should just throw out our routine and our preparation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned shooting tens, which is something you often do. And we, we looked at your <laughs> your stats. You shot a six hundred in twenty twenty one, which is your career high. I'm pr- yeah. I'm pretty positive. So yeah. <laughs> can you yeah. tell us like just about that? How do you you're you're extremely successful obviously with this program and this program has a lot of success and you've contributed to that, but how do you feel you've contributed to that? What has it been just being so successful throughout your college career? Um yeah, like, I think, you know, a lot a lot of people have talked to me like, wow, like you shot the 600 or, you know, a good small board score. Um, and like, honestly, like it's not, it's basically like our standard to shoot our very best. Like it shouldn't be any surprise that we shoot a perfect score or that we break a record. Um, like that's what we're here to do. And like for us, I I feel like I really like how our culture is like we're we're happy for each other when we do shoot a personal best. Like when um, a teammate shoots a personal best, like we're happy for uh, uh, for them. But we don't we don't make it a big deal. And I don't think it should be a big deal to be like, oh, my goodness, like we shot a personal best, you know, like aggregate score or we shot a really, really good small bore score, like air gun score. Um, (coughs) It should definitely be the norm to break records and that's what we're here to do um I don't think it should be in indifferent um and you know if we're here to have a culture and a team that will not be outworked by any other team that should be the norm to break records and to do our very best so like shoot you know shooting the 600 I was very happy I was young too um and I think I made it a bigger deal in my head than I would now um but having that standard of being like shooting a 600 is really, I'm not going to say it's not easy, but we shoot it a lot in practice. And like we know we are capable of shooting 60 tens in a row. So it shouldn't be any different. Why do you think, you know, that mindset has been instilled in you? You think that's your coaches that have kind of put that on you and expect that success and level of you know, you guys can go out there and you can shoot perfect scores. Is that your coaches that you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. The coaches, they have they have really, really worked hard to build that mindset uh, with us. Um, you know, they're going to be happy for uh, for us when 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 we do well. But I've never really had a moment of like my coaches being thrilled or like really hyped up over me shooting a good score. You know, like I'll. I'll get a fist bump or I'll get a good job, but it's never anything more than that. And like, that's what I, I personally need, you know, like I don't want anyone to go crazy or freak out or like (coughs) be super hyped up for what I shoot. And like on the opposite end, like when I have a bad day, like they don't really treat me any uh, differently. You know, we talk about it and they'll tell me what that, what they saw 
during that match. So it's like they're very neutral no matter what. And I think that helps us kind of not have outcome as the sole focus. Like, yeah, like you shot the 600, but personally, like I could have done better on on some of those shots. Like, I think my 600 was a, you know, 60 tens, but only 52 of them were X's, which means that eight of those shots were not deep tens. So like there were still tens and in college shooting, you know, like a 10.0 is still a 10, but like I could have done better on those few shots, like always finding room to improve um, and never really settling. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just moving forward, you all just finished up the fall slip and nine and oh, which, you know, of course, you know, you all were number one overall coming into the season in 9 and 0 I mean just talking about like how much of that is just the expectation you know just for that like how much do you I mean of course 9 and 0 just about any other athletic program that's like a huge deal but it sounds like from what I'm gathering you know that might be something that you all just kind of expect would you say that that's the case yeah i i, I think you know 9 and 0 or like scores, you know, for you know like a 4750 um all of those are kind of outcome stuff. And you know, like we see that we're number 1 um like on the weekly polls or something. And you know, like we don't really think too much about it. Um we know it's just you know, like we are doing the things in our control to get this outcome. And you know, I think it is the standard to 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 be the best that we can and with the amount of skill and talent that w- that we have on our team it's not really un- unexpected so mm-hmm. yeah so moving forward with the season you all will pick back up january right yes okay. Jan- january 20th is our first match gotcha gotcha so the fall season and the spring season or well i mean they're technically both the same season right so yeah. moving into it so you have that huge break in between. What's that like in terms of preparation? You know, like, does it help you personally to be like more in the flow? Like you just want to do match after match or, you know, does it like, does it help to have that big break in between? So you on usual years, um, it does help to have a break. Um, what I would typically do is take maybe two weeks off in December and just focus on being with family. But this year is a, li- a little bit different because el- the Olympic trials are all the time. Like there's three parts in each gun and uh, it's going to be looking different for most of us. Like most of us are going to go to trials and that actually starts. I'm, I'm flying out this Saturday and I'll be there until the 14th. So it's not really much of a break. Um, it's just kind of focusing on um not the a national team aspect of shooting and most of us we are shooting in college but teammates like Mary like um, a Mary Tucker she you know she's not even here like she's training to go to the games so you know she still has it as a priority to be on to be on the team but also for herself like she wants to do as best as she can for the the U.S. so it's a little it looks a little bit different I believe for most teams um i would say that we have the most people trying out for the games than any other college team so that's going to 
um, lead to just more matches before the season, during the season. And I, I believe the last trial for the games is like a week or two after championships. So it's basically the whole time during our season we'll, we'll be going to trials. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. Does that like, so just off the top of your head, how many of you are going to, to the trials? So to try, so for part one of trials, I believe everyone, but two of our teammates went and, uh, one of them w- was an international. So Tal did, uh, didn't go, um, for obvious reasons, <laughs> but, um, I think this trial, like I think everyone but two will be going. It's part two of Airgun and Small Bore. So um, I believe out of the 10 of us, eight of us will be there. Yeah. Wow. Can you tell me more about how that works? I don't really know like how Olympic trials for rifle work. Can you tell me more about that and kind of like when will you know if you're going to be competing in the Olympics? So for people trying out for both guns, there's going to be a little like more shooting, obviously. So the part one um, of trials was maybe two months ago. And that was it consists of two matches in each gun. So like a 60 shot match and air gun for two days. And then after that, a three three by 20, which is a 60 shot match in a small bore. And that'll be outdoors 50 meter. So that's how and international shooting is l- is a little bit different than college shooting because we shoot 50 meters so like in college we only shoot 50 feet um so that's a longer distance and also it's going to be outdoors so the you have wind to think about you have lighting conditions to think about um so that'll t- that'll typically have for each gun three trials for for the whole thing so you know, the first one was two months ago, and then the next one's going to be in a, in a week, and that'll consist of another two-day match in air gun, two-day match in small bore, and then for the part three for air gun is actually going to be like January fifth, or the first weekend of January, and part three for small bore will be um, middle of March, so that's when so air gun will be decided in January, and small bore will be decided in March. Okay, have the Olympics always been on your radar? Is that something you've always wanted to accomplish from a young age? Yes, yes. That is probably my ultimate goal. Um, you know, college is also my goal to do as best a, a, as I can. But um, the Olympics has always been something that I wanted to go to. Going into, I guess, the rest of this season, in preparation for the Olympic trials and even just the second half of the season, what are kind of your goals? Um, I know obviously the Olympics has to be a pretty big goal, but what are your goals for your collegiate play? You know, I think it's different for for me because I am going to be shooting after college. Um, so this is not going to be the end of my shooting career. Um, so it's not as bittersweet as it would be. Um, so I believe like like my goals is just to keep on trying to get better like with every single shot, every single match and never settle with a high score, you know, like not, not thinking that there's never room to improve because there is, you know, like shot, you know, shot to shot, the highest shot you can get is a 10.9. And obviously we're not hitting that every single time. So even if you do shoot a perfect score, there is still room to improve. 
um, they're really just not settling and just focusing on myself and my team. And, you know, obviously we are competing against different teams and we want to come up on top and, you know, focusing on ourselves will allow us to do that. Yeah, so last season, just looking at last season, uh, you all won the GARC Championship again. So, And then NCAA Championships didn't have as much, uh, you know, didn't obviously didn't have as much success there. So what was there like, just going in, how much of it is like, how much of a different is there from like regular season to like conference championships to like national championships or like, you know, if that makes sense, like, is there like, do you feel that pressure? I know that since it's such a mental sport, like how, in terms of mentals, like how difficult is it? I feel like there's a lot more pressure, um, Mm -hmm. for like conference championships or like nationals. There's a lot more pressure felt by everyone shooting it. Um, so yeah, it is a little, a, a little bit different than just a normal season match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then how do you prepare for that too? Cause obviously, you know, you guys right now are in the mix, you know, you're, uh, very up there, I believe number three right now, number three. So yeah. I see you uh, shaking your head. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, is that, uh, that, that is something that I was curious about. Is that, uh, with, do they do that like mathematically, like by calculating the scores, or is there I an actual? I have no poll? idea. Like, I, I think it's weekly scores. Okay. Um, I know Alaska and Kentucky came out with their highest score of the season. Um, I think like the weekend before Thanksgiving, and like forty-seven, forty-five. I think they both shot. Um, but um, yeah, I I don't really know how the weekly scores are calculated. I you know doesn't really care for me um like my job is to shoot but i did see that we were ranked number three um but our average is a 47 45 so Mm. um like we can watch other people shoot and i do like watching other scores shoot or sorry other teams shoot and it it is fun for me to watch that so um i do pay attention to the rankings um, I find it as motivation for me when I see other teams do very well. Um, I find it as it, it, it can help me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you look at these, like every single match so in the fall, I mean, against the ranked team, most of them being in the top 10, is there like, whenever you're faced off, like say you're going up against like the number two team and you're the number one, is there like that little bit of, you know, and these guys are like really good you know like yeah yeah so I mean I know like it's so individualized and it's so based off of your sole performance like whenever say like you know you're playing against like a real powerhouse like you know you all beat number three Nebraska twice number two TCU Memphis you know so how is that like in preparing for matches it's at least for me personally I find it to help me Mm. um like when we went against when we went up against TCU um, earlier this season, like it was definitely, I was, I was nervous. Um, and I would think that some of my other teammates were nervous too. Um, but for me, like I, I find it to give me that edge and to give me that, um, I guess, energy to focus where I need to focus. Um, I feel like for me personally, I, I struggle 
replicating that focus and practice when there's really nothing on the line. Um, so I've been trying to work on like trying to have those same nerves and practice that I would in a match. Um, and I think, yeah, like it was a higher stakes match between TCU and Nebraska, but you know, we, we didn't act any differently. We, we did what, what, what we had to do and, you know, like honestly just not making it a big deal. Like it's just an, it's just another team Mm -hmm. and we strive to treat every single match the same, whether it's between the lowest ranking team or the highest ranking team. We're going to shoot as best as we can, no matter what match it is. And I think that helps us like have that energy to rep to replicate throughout the season you know because we don't want to go to a match and just not really try and think like oh yeah like we got this you know and like not have that mindset we never want to have that mindset of just settling um and like some sometimes we do go up against teams that we know that we will win um but that won't stop us from from trying our very best still in that match because that in the end does train us to try our very best in matches that do do mean more to us like against tcu and like conference and like nationals Mm -hmm. um so just like keeping that energy up and and like maintaining how we want to compete how we want to shoot um and doing that in every single match so like the match against tcu maybe we we were a a little bit nervous for that one but we still didn't really change our our skills and our shooting just just for that team so, w- with an experience like that, you know, and, you know, you all, it's not like the pressure's really off of you guys, you know, this season with so many top 10 opponents. And, you know, going into, like, you know, just to kind of bring it back to the Nationals last year, what did you all take away from that experience? You know, after you all kind of had the high of the conference championships, and then, you know, not as much what went wrong, but what did you take away from it, do you think, as a team? As a team, I I mean, I feel like each individual had their own um, things that happened during the match. Um, I think we were all kind of different in where we struggled with that match specifically. Um, And, like, I mean, personally, I I can't say the same for my team, but personally, like, I took away – took a lot away from that match in a sense of like it just wasn't what I wanted and having to accept that um, as being at the highest match of the season and not coming out with what I wanted personally Um, and reasons for that are are a lot and I talked with my coaches about that Um, a lot of things mentally physically you know technically that happened during the match that I didn't really want to happen but, you know, like, I feel like that's just a part of sports and um, having to accept that and learn from it and move on and not really kind of brush it under the rug and ignore those things. Like, I think that's a really big part of growth of like facing it head on and being like, OK, let's really look into what to what really happened during during that during that match. And I'm really happy with my coaches for being honest with me and telling me, like, this is what we saw. Um, and them getting my opinion on, on, on what happened too. Um, they're still very honest with me and, and I want them to be, 
like that. Like I want them to tell me what they think and what they see. So, cause like it's uncomfortable to kind of face the things that happen in matches that you don't want to happen, you know, like mindset changes, you know, like physical changes, um, things that can happen. Like you, you might be uncomfortable talking about that and it might be, you know, emotional, you know, like having a match like that, that you didn't want to really happen. Um, but it's necessary to get better. And I think that's helped me a lot with myself of, um, really being honest with, with myself and knowing what my strengths and weak and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything, Rachel? I think so. Yeah. I did want (laughs) to ask, um, you talk about your coaches and, you know, a lot of success, obviously we talked about that, you know, what, what do they do well? You know, how do they help you all set, like set you all up in a position to win? They're very different. Um, they're very different coaches. And I honestly really like both of their styles of, of coaching. Um, so I, I actually have only had JP for the, this is my second year with him. Um, we had Soren before him. So we had a coaching change. Um, so yeah, like John, I've had this, this, this whole time. And I feel like John's strength is just really being there for us support, um, and really knowing what's best for me. Um, he, I can talk to him all day and he'll listen and he'll be very honest with me, but not in a mean way or not in a very, um, you know, intimate intimidating way like he allows a a conversation to be very open and honest and I don't feel like I need to hold anything back from when I'm talking to him and it's very comfortable in that sense to be like I I can be myself and we can really dig deep and talk about how to get better um yeah and I and I feel like John's just always there if you need him um and you know he's in the range all the time and JP, like, I feel like I've never seen anyone so passionate about shooting and having a, the best team that you that you can possibly have. He really values hard, hard work and honesty. And, you know, he's in the range more than any of us. He's testing guns. He's, you know, like finding out what ammo works best. Um, he's just always working. And I think the strengths for both of them will be like just being in the range with us coaching, like on the line coaching, you know, like I know college coaching, like I've never been in that, in that role yet, but I know college coaching involves a lot of paperwork planning, like you're in charge of like 10, 10 kids, basically like you, you have to know like what, what hotels to go to and what flights, like it's, it's basically like a man, like a, a, like a manager. Mm -hmm. So I really respect how they can balance those things, but also be in the range coaching us when we're in there because we're, we're, we are required to be in there for four hours. And I can honestly say like they're in there whenever we are. And uh, like, honestly, so many teams that I've heard, you know, I don't know what it's like for other teams, but I hear a lot of coaches just don't really coach in the range. Like they can kind of sit in their office and maybe do paperwork and still get work done but you know their job 
is to coach us and to help us get better and with their with their experience like john's an olympian um he's had a lot of good um sorry let me cut that out he's had um a lot of experience as a shooter um with with international matches and in college shooting too and like J and a JP like he was a really good shooter in a, um, a college too so like their knowledge helps us the most and just them wanting us to get better and being in there and like giving them like giving us all that they have means the world mm-hmm. yeah and you I've caught that a little bit you said you don't have like experience in the coaching realm yet is that Yes. Yeah, so that, I, is that something you want to do? I do. I do want to coach um, when I'm done shooting. I would really like that. Um, you know, obviously nothing's guaranteed because coaching um, uh, positions don't really um, come up every day. So um, I want to shoot as long as I can. But when the time comes, I, I would love to be a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you know, uh, don't really have much else for you. I do want to ask you, you know, do you have a, maybe a message for the Mountaineer fans who might be listening who, you know. A message? Yeah. Um, like something to get the fans excited for the rest of the year. I think it would be really, really cool to come out to championships in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be really cool, a cool experience. Um, it's definitely a, a different sport, but once you learn – about what shooting is, it is really fun fun to watch and uh, to 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 keep up with. Yeah, and that it, uh, didn't mention this yet, but uh, you all will be hosting the championship. Yes, we will. Yeah, so that'll be in the Coliseum. That should be an awesome atmosphere. I believe that Mountaineer fans could have a chance to really come out and make that a really good atmosphere for you guys. So, yeah, uh, if that's all we got for you. So Molly, thank you. This has been fantastic. Thank uh, you. We really appreciate your time. And uh, we wish you the best of luck this season. Thank you. Yeah, thank abs- you. Absolutely. Uh, this has been the Mountaineer Sports Insider Podcast. There should be another episode with Luke and Tanner uh, this week. So be sure to tune in for that. And other than that, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>